0: Good morning and welcome to the show. My name is Mark Garrett-Hayes, and you're very welcome if you're a first-time listener here. Thank you for stopping by. And if you're a regular listener to the show, which I hope you are, you know how it goes. Each week we have a guest on the show, or in the case of today's episode, we have time between you and I. You could be in your car, on a plane, on a train, or in the gym, or anywhere else listening to the show, and it's lovely to have you back again. This is the show which helps training business owners to start, to grow and to scale their training businesses and your training business. And my role is literally to bring to you the kinds of information, the kinds of learning which helps you to achieve your goals. So this week, we're actually entering part two of a conversation which was begun two weeks ago when a listener to the show wrote in to express concern about her ability to negotiate or renegotiate price, particularly when she feels it's not one of her superpowers. It's not something she feels comfortable doing. And in last week's episode, we focused on three P's, words beginning with P, which are helpful to establish in your mind the kinds of things which will help you to succeed when it comes to what I call a value conversation rather than the word negotiation. This is episode 33 of the podcast. Thanks for your time. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hey, and welcome back to part two of a two-part episode. This episode, as I said before the music, is focused on answering an email from a listener two weeks ago where she expressed concern about her ability to negotiate or to renegotiate a price that she felt did not reflect the value she offers. And as I said in that episode, without repeating everything, sometimes it's best to walk away, particularly when you feel that renegotiating Um, will not necessarily give you what you want. um, But the most important thing is to learn from any negotiation or value conversation where you feel you haven't succeeded. Because a lot of the time when I'm thinking of instances where I have perhaps been unsuccessful in getting the price or the deal which I want, I actually have myself to blame. It's often and more often than not likely to be the case that I have not at some point used some kind of technique to establish value in the mind of my prospect or customer early on in the conversation and that principally explains why we are or why I am where I am when I'm stuck on price. So I think one of the things that we have to do as training business owners is to take responsibility For all the parts of the value conversation, so that if we come to a point where we're stuck on price, we can look back and say, is it something I did do in action or action or said or didn't say? Because by taking responsibility for the point where you are now, if you are at a point where the price does not suit or match what you thought it would, it's time to take responsibility. So we're looking at things today again which will help to establish really a price at the point where you want it to be long before you ever have to come to talk about price. This is why it's a value conversation. And last week we talked about uh, the first word beginning with P, which is the word positive. And what that means is that we have to really consistently be positive about our ability to talk about things like price and about value, even if it feels uncomfortable. Because if you're giving yourself a negative message, believe me, it's going to resonate. Somewhere in your mind, you're going to fire this information away, and you will not be positive about your abilities, which means that when it comes to a point in a conversation where you talk about things like price, you will feel uncomfortable. The next P then was the P which focuses on perspective. In other words, last week we talked about the fact that if your view of negotiation is something to be feared, something to be avoided, that's exactly how you'll behave. You have to view negotiation or any kind of value conversation where you're discussing why your program is worth what you charge. If you view that as something to be feared, something which is life or death, um, that's the mentality you'll have about all those situations, and you're going to have more of them. So you might as well have a healthy perspective to begin with, or establish a healthy perspective early on. So it's not life or death negotiation or price conversations or value conversation, as as I call it, is something which is a game. It's it's a game. So just like uh, taking up a tennis racket or a squash racket or any part of a sports uh, some kind of game you have to be willing to make mistakes to learn so your perspective has to be that it's something you enter into happily gladly and you're willing to make mistakes in order to improve in the long run and the final p last week was all about having preparation which is asking the questions which help you to understand what someone else wants from your conversation with them And not to just focus on what you want, but what they want and why they want that thing. Because if you understand what value represents to someone, the person you're dealing with, you're more likely to be able to sell the things which they're willing to pay for. It all makes sense. So last week, we talked about those three Ps, price, perspective, and preparation. And this week, we're focusing on the next three Ps. And the last one is price, and you'll see why. So this week... The first P is perception. So I'd like you to think right now, if you've got uh, a pen and paper, that's fine. The first P is perception. Ask yourself, how come someone like Tony Robbins, the American motivational speaker, can charge maybe a hundred times what you or I would charge for a day's leadership training? The question is why or how can he charge a up to a hundred times what you or I would charge for a day's leadership training. Think about that. Right. The answer is value. Value. People perceive that Tony Robbins training or coaching is worth that much money. Why? Because we said that price is the product of perception and perception is the product of value. So what is creating value in Tony Robbins' clients or prospects? And the answer is a lot often before you ever open your mouth through his website through his material through his podcast through his videos he has succeeded in creating in your mind and my mind the impression that this training or coaching he's offering is exceptionally expensive and that price is justified why there are a range of th- things he's doing spoken unspoken actions and inaction which is conveying to you that this coaching and training he's offering is top drawer. So think of it as this way. When you are trying to justify your price, put yourself in the shoes of someone who has succeeded doing this and ask yourself three questions. One, what does someone who charges the price you want to charge dress like? Number two, what does someone who wants to charge the price you want to charge sound like? And three, what does someone who charges that price, X price, behave like? Can you control or create those impressions? And the answer is yes. This is called framing in psychology. It's not trickery. It's simply avoiding pitfalls. So back to the question. First of all, what does someone who charges X price dress like? So imagine that you want to sell high-end training solutions. What would you have to do to give that impression through your clothing. As Benjamin Franklin said, eat to please thyself, but dress to please others. So what impression through your clothes would give the impression that you are worth what you want to charge? And in terms of sounding like, what kinds of words, how would you sound confident in speaking to someone in a way that you're conveying that you're actually you feel your top drawer. Think of the success stories you could relate. Think of the testimonials you could relate. Think of the questions that someone who charges this kind of money would ask, really insightful questions. Think of the statements that someone who charges this much money would make, things which convey their capability, the fact that they've given serious thought to client problems, and how your training solution or their training solution is going to solve them. Amy Cuddy, the author of the book Presence, calls these evaluative situations. These are situations when at some point you are effectively under a microscope because someone's looking at you and thinking, is this person the person for me? Is their business the business which will help solve our uh, training problems or capability problems? So what is that person exuding in terms of their confidence through their words, through their questions, through their statements. And this, by the way, goes for your team as well as you. It's that message that you're conveying and how you carry yourself. So Amy Cuddy's video on the subject, and she, by the way, is a behavioral psychologist. Her TED Talk, that's the TED Talk series, is the second most viewed of all time, as far as I'm aware. And the reason is because it tells us that we Uh, The way we talk to ourselves in evaluative situations, the messages we give ourselves, the self-talk that we have with ourselves in, during, or before these evaluative situations has a massive impact on the success of our um, outcome or performance in that situation. So think about how you want to sound internally and externally so you're conveying that you are worth the price you want to charge. And number three is behave. How would someone who wants to charge your price, the price you want to charge, behave? Um, for example, what would what would you have to do or or, or act like? I don't mean acting in the sense of, of conveying a false impression, but acting in the sense that you are through your actions, through your behavior, conveying that your training business is really valuable and the program you you want to deliver to them is of exceptional value. So I'm thinking of all the the little impressions which I would use to create that value, i.e. price in my customer's mind before I ever come down to price. And I'm thinking of the ways I've done it in the past. For example, preparing exceptionally well for a client meeting, thinking of great questions I can ask them, which shows competence, Um, creating a video thank you message using something like Bonjouro.com. That's um, B O N J O R, bonjuro.com or creating a personalized email after a meeting outlining all the points we've agreed, uh, creating a professional uh, or professionally branded proposal using software from Proposify, Proposify.com, uh, creating a client portal uh, to show them around um, if we're further on in the process of, of negotiating uh, some kind of um, training or a deal. Uh, using client-portal.io. That's a website uh, where you can actually add on a client portal area to your WordPress website. Really, really impressive, by the way. And that creates a huge impression in someone's mind. Oh my goodness, I'm going to have a client portal. So we haven't yet talked about price, but through all these little things, I'm actually conveying to someone's mind indirectly that the, the price I'm going to put in front of them is going to be high, but it's going to be worth it. I might create a video in advance of a meeting, explaining the merits of the meeting and how the meeting will be run, the points I'm going to cover, providing some kind of testimonial. So all of this in in psychology is called front-loading. Through my actions, through my words, through my behavior, through my dress, I'm conveying an impression that uh, what I'm doing is professional And it's also going to be a high price and of exceptional value. So three reasons here. It's helping to create a higher price in the mind of a buyer. Number two, it's setting the tone before I ever have to negotiate that that my training business and your training business is not any old training business or program. And number three, it creates a taste of what my training business can do for my client much more than my competition can. I'll also send a summary as i said after a meeting create a proposal providing feedback or value throughout the conversation and after the conversation because every single touch point i have creates uh, that perception of value which when it comes to the point of asking for the price i want to charge it's actually going to make sense okay so that's perception what's elevating price in your customer's mind, think of what Tony Robbins does through his website, through his behaviors, through his content, his lead magnets. Um, When people turn up uh, representing your training business or when you turn up representing your training business, what questions, statements, actions are actually conveying value and a high price before you ever come to talk about price? So that's perception. Lots of ways you can do it. I'm confident you can. Think of a way that's natural for you and comfortable for you because you can control or create those impressions. You have to take responsibility for that. Okay, number two today is package. And what this means is that um, if I'm going to focus only on training delivery, uh, effectively I am lowering the price in my customers' or prospects' mind. So a couple of suggestions here. Give people options rather than focus on training delivery, which means that you end up negotiating price. I'd like you to be in a position where you are negotiating scope. So think of all the things you can actually add into your training offer. It could be coaching one-to-one. It could be group coaching. It could be online learning. You could offer an element of self-directed learning. You could offer blended learning both classroom-based one-to-one and online learning. In the same way that restaurants offer meals, in the same way that many businesses offer packages, the reason is that people like to believe they have a choice and control over that choice. So your customers are no different. People want to believe that they've got options and that they've got some element of control over the content of those options. So the way that works, and I've seen many, Successful training businesses do this is to give packages. Think about what your clients like or would choose from a menu as if it were a menu. As long as those things, by the way, are within your capability, it's fine to offer those. In episode, or rather, the first part of this episode, that's episode 32 last week, we talked about integrative negotiation. And what that means without rehashing this is that. Integrative negotiation focuses on coming up with something perhaps bigger than a win lose, a lose lose, or a lose win. In other words, what can you offer that the client has not yet thought of or asked about? Because that's a point to negotiate rather than price. Can you raise your perceived value and therefore your price by bundling these things in together? what comes to my mind is something like an internet subscription. If you go along to the website of, say, uh, an ISP, an internet service provider, or a telephone company, you'll typically see invariably on their website, uh, a platinum package, a gold package, a silver package, and those packages contain bundled options. So thinking of my experience, or perhaps your experience, What would that mean? Well, you could offer an online survey, you could offer a needs analysis, and a follow-up report, not just training delivery face-to-face. And it's funny how many training business owners, particularly when they're starting off, don't think of offering these things. What they end up doing is selling just face-to-face delivery without all of these add-ons in this package. And therefore, the price comes right down and you end up haggling on the basis of what someone else can offer your prospect uh, versus what you can offer your prospect. So think of all the things you can add in to value add here. Something else which works really well for me and for a couple of training businesses I know uh, is, they o- is they offer roadmapping sessions with stakeholders. What road mapping means is that you're sitting down, literally thinking about the current challenges they have and in a consultative capacity, thinking of the ways that your training business could help them, not just in the classroom, but across a range of areas. If, For example, let's say you're offering leadership training, uh, you could offer a, a 360 evaluation tool. And then on the back of that, you could create individual reports and a development plan. Um, you could offer a kickoff webinar with delegates to help the training Product or training program to land well, so people anticipate this and are ready for this to make it succeed. Uh, in addition to on-site delivery and face-to-face, you could offer remote coaching, and and so on. So you get the idea. It's it's a range of things which you add in to expand your offering, and by adding in these bundled options, you're raising the perceived value of what you're doing. And it's actually changing the conversation. You're not just a training provider. You're actually a capability enhancer. Think of it that way. And the same goes for your gold and your silver packages. And you don't have to call them gold and platinum or silver. That's perhaps a bit uh, out of date. It's up to you. Choose some really effective names which are congruent with your branding. Uh, You don't have to use those terms. Um, Let's say, for example, you're offering resilience training as a second idea which has come into my mind. You could offer a resilience workplace audit, uh, an emotional intelligence audit. You could offer a train the trainer for managers so that when your face to face delivery is over, there still is capability embedded in the leadership part of the team, which allows them to carry on the training and embed it uh, after you've gone. It's something I've done a couple of times works really, really well, not difficult to do and inexpensive is to offer a daily two minute video for 10 weeks. Now I can and you can batch film these very quickly using a DSLR or if you need to, I wouldn't advise that, but you could use an iPhone or an Android, but I use a DSLR and I create uh, a couple of two minute videos um, and I send them to the prospect in advance as a taster. And then I can offer those as part of a larger package doesn't cost me a lot of time or money to do, but the perceived value is very high. So you get the idea at this point. Give them a range of options, so that bundles, and therefore you're negotiating uh, scope rather than price. Give them a choice of the content or the parts of those bundles so that they can add things in or out. So that becomes a a conversation about uh, scope rather than price. The third suggestion is that you give them a journey. And a company I work with uh, quite a bit does this exceptionally well. And they have created an infographic showing a color path with all of the milestones and achievements that the team, the prospects team, would reach throughout that training journey. And this is really, really clever because it's telling someone that um, you're going to hold their hand. You're not just going to deliver a day's leadership training or resilience training or sales training, but actually doing business with you is going to get results on the day, before the day and after the day. So you're not just delivering training, collecting your money and running out the door. You're going to be around and by having more touch points with your Customer, you're going to be on site more often, meet more people, be able to develop stronger relationships, which will help your recurring revenue. You really want to be in with your client in so many ways. And by having these options and having a sustained journey, which brings you back again and again and again, it creates a huge upsell and raises your price. Okay, so that's package today. The last P today is price. Now, we said there are six different P's beginning with last week. We talked about positive. We talked about um, preparation. We talked about uh, your perception. And we're talking about uh, package and price today. So why is price last? Well, the answer is because it should be last. If we take responsibility as training business owners for all the impressions we create and the self-talk and our perception And our view of our success or our likelihood of success, when it comes to price, um, we're less likely to be in a place where we don't want to be. Does that make sense? Let me try that again. If you're having positive conversations with yourself, if your view of negotiation um, is healthy, you have a healthy perspective, you see this as a game, Uh, it's something that's going to be done joyfully and creatively, and not something to be feared or avoided. If you're, if you're preparing well and taking responsibility for all the parts of the conversation which create impressions of value, if your uh, perception is that um, you know how to carry yourself, to behave, uh, to talk, uh, and to act confidently, that's creating value as well. And if you're bundling your um, items, your offerings together in a way that creates exceptional value, bit like Tony Robbins does, when it comes to price, it's going to be less of a sticking point. Does that make sense? That's my kind of rationale here. So when you heard or rather saw the episode title on iTunes or Spotify, maybe you thought I was going to talk about price exclusively. I can, and that will be the subject of a future episode. But think of it this way. If you are stuck on price, it's invariably because it's, do with something you didn't do action or inaction or the way you felt about or approached or prepared for that value conversation so i find when i take responsibility for things i'm more likely to feel i can change them so price ultimately is the last part of the value conversation price is the product of perception and perception is the product of value so if you or i are stuck on price we have to take responsibility, what action or inaction, what words, deeds created or failed to create value in the mind of this person across the table from you or I right now, who's arguing price with you. So if you can say to yourself, I did not create value, and this is why I am where I am now, then you have learned the lesson. So we need, long before we ever come to price, to do the work of understanding value from all angles. As one of my heroes once said, in fact, many times was said, uh, Zig Ziglar, by the way, is the person I'm talking about. He died in 2014. Um, One of the, shall we say, most uh, admired and celebrated motivational speakers. And his, or one of his famous quotations was, you can have anything in life if you'll just help enough people to get what they want in life. And- Excuse me, I think that's worth saying again. You can have anything in life if you'll just help enough people to get what they want in life. Sales is the art of giving people what they want so it's profitable for you. Sales is the art of giving people what they want profitably for you. So I can't tell you exactly what price to charge because there are too many variables. I know I have listeners in Tehran, in Iran. I know I have listeners... In, in Asia and in Jakarta, I know I have listeners in Taiwan, I know I have listeners all across the States and Europe and Germany and France because I see emails and I see IP addresses. So what this is telling me is that depending on where you are right now, uh, there are so many variables in terms of the competition, in terms of the demand in the marketplace for what it is you offer um, and of course a range of other factors enter into that uh, as well. But the question I would ask myself, the one part I have control over, and the one part you have control over when it comes to price, is what is the value you place on your time and that of your team? What I'm reminded of, actually, in thinking this out loud, is a book I've read in in the recent uh, couple of months by someone called Michael Gerber. That's Michael Gerber. And the book is a classic. You may well have heard of this book. It's called... Um, the e-myth revisited. And through a parable, it tells the story of a small training business owner, rather a small business owner who is struggling with uh, what to charge. And and because of that, she's unhappy with where she is in life. So without giving you the book uh, story or the rundown, um, what that book does is it succeeds in creating in your mind an impression Of what you need to focus on first, and that is your primary aim. Because if you're starting your training business or currently trying to grow this, it should really be a business designed by you for you, which helps to succeed the goals set by you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see you nodding. Um, It's really a business which helps to uh, sustain and to enable your life's aims. So if you're convinced that you know what it is you want to achieve, uh, for example, as I said last week, to finance a holiday or to uh, pay for a mortgage, and working backwards, what you have to do by, um, by year in terms of revenue, by month, by week, and therefore by training day, um, you have that figure, and that's going to help you to understand the price that you need to charge to be able to achieve your goals. Um, so in terms of pricing, something else might help you. And this comes from negotiation theory. And in negotiation theory, there is a concept, an acronym called ZOPA. That's Z or Z O P A. And what that stands for is Zone of Possible Agreement. Z O or Z O P A, Zone of Possible Agreement. So, what that means is that in my mind, I have an area within which I'm going to find some kind of commonality or agreement with my prospect or customer. Now, obviously, the market will not necessarily pay 15,000 euros dollars per day for Microsoft Word training, for example, because that's uh, not the, the going rate. But maybe there's a way where I could stretch my value so that it's really exceptional in the eyes of the prospect. So what that means is that when it comes to pricing, you don't have to convey or give away three prices But I would like you to have in your mind three different prices. And those prices are, first of all, your stretch price. What is your stretch price? Great question. I thought I'd ask that. Um, Your stretch price is the price that almost gives you goosebumps. It makes you gulp. If you think of that number, you're actually almost frightened by it. It's something which is big, hairy, and scary. And it's the kind of price that if you saw it, you might actually think, oh my goodness, I would high-five myself. I wouldn't believe it if I ever got that kind of money. So the stretch price is there for a couple of reasons. Number one, by having a big, hairy, scary price in your mind, it reminds you to stretch yourself. If you don't stretch, you will never reach. Does that make sense? If you never stretch, you will never reach the high prices that you Legitimately, hope to achieve one day. So, you must get into the habit of stretching yourself and uh, putting down high prices, which stretch your thoughts and your uh, perception of yourself, of your own training business's value. The second reason we do this is that having a stretch price in the minds of your customers um, invites curiosity because they're thinking, oh my goodness, um, what is it about that program? that's worth that kind of price to someone so having a stretch price should actually make you feel slightly uncomfortable but it also conveys value because big word if your big price your hairy price your stretch price is juxtaposed big word if your stretch price is juxtaposed or um, put side by side with your ordinary price what i call price number two your best price it kind of makes your best price look more reasonable. Does that make sense? This isn't manipulation or mind games, but by having a big uh, hairy scary price on your website, on your training business proposal, it's making the price that you think you want to arrive at more reasonable and therefore more attractive to your prospect. And this is simple psychology. The third price by the way, is your fallback price. And this is the price below which you will never go. It's your walkaway price. It's the price where you will make a commitment to yourself right now, as you're listening to this, to say, I will never go below this price for this program, no matter what. So again, three prices. The stretch price is the highest price You want to charge. It needs to be high because it invites curiosity. It'll make you feel better about yourself and you will be more comfortable with it next time. Your best price is the price where you think you want your client to end up and more than likely will. And your fallback price is the price below which you'll never go because if you do one, it's going to damage your brand and believe me, it's going to damage your confidence. So if you feel you have a price right now where... Your customers are charging this, you've got to think about ways of getting it up. Uh, that said, I would say to you that renegotiating upwards is always a much more difficult proposition than re- renegotiating from scratch. And as I advised our listener in the first episode, sometimes the better tactic or strategy is to simply try and replace a bad deal with a better deal and simply walk away with the lesson rather than go back in and go into a position where you actually end up regretting having negotiated that price because it uh, either damages the relationship, conveys unprofessionalism and lack of preparation, or you do get the price you want, but the concession that the other person gets out of you in return for that increased price you want actually is something that doesn't make sense, okay? So three prices, stretch price, best price, fallback price, and work on the basis that the prices, all of them, should be prices which sustain your primary aim. That's what price is there for. It's to actually uh, link value to productivity. Price is the product of perception and perception is the product of value. Take responsibility at all times for the price that you arrive at. And thinking of the previous things we've talked about today, if the price is a sticking point, you've got to take responsibility. It inevitably is because of something you did or didn't do early on in the value conversation. So in summary, perception, value is always perceived. Take control of how you communicate value through your appearance, your language, your action, your deeds, your words, your dress. Number two, package. Buyers like choice. So raise your value and your price through options, through providing training packages and through providing a sustained journey. And number three, price, come up with a Zopa and within that Zopa, zone of possible agreement, think of three prices. You need to have three prices, your stretch price, your best price and your fallback price. Okay, so hope you enjoy that. Um, A combination of psychology and practicality today and last week. Um, it's a long answer to the question, but if you arrive at the price you want, you're positive about your self-talk, you have a game perspective rather than a life and death perspective, you are prepared to understand and understand that you have to prepare, you have to create perceived value, you've got to create packages which bundle together various options, and you have prices which create a Zopa or parameters within which you're comfortable you're now going to be in a great place to get the price which merits the value that you represent to a customer or prospect. Okay, so there are the key takeaways. And that is the end of this week's episode. Thank you once again for listening. I look forward to your company next week in episode 34, if that's right, 34. And we're going to have a guest on the show next week. So more detail about that in the course of the week. You can hear about the podcast, as always, on the website, on Spotify, on Stitcher, and on iTunes. And if you're feeling generous, I would be very grateful if you would be so kind as to leave a review on iTunes, because this helps to attract the kinds of guests uh, whose value contributes to your success and to mine, and of course, to our fellow trainers and training business owners in the training business community. Thanks again. Speak soon.